Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest Podcast. We're a podcast where we all get together as friends and we chat about films. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Aaron and Johnny. Yep. Hi, hi, hello, hello. And uh, and yeah, we we usually we, we chat, chat, chat about films, usually based around a a theme. Or uh, at the moment, we're talking about uh, space is our theme, so it's all filmed on space. Uh, so currently we've had uh, Colour Out of Space last week uh, week before was uh, Paprika, an anime and um, we've had we had a few other mini seasons before that with lots of other films and this week we're talking not about Contact as I was supposed to be talking about this week we were talking about Gravity because I changed my mind we'll yeah, get we into that later <laughs> about why I changed my mind <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you'd like to get, get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram at the Movie Quest, or you can email us at podcast at uh, themoviequest.com. I actually have some feedback this week. I've got some feedback. Ooh, okay. um, it's it's always from feedback. the same person, though, isn't it? It's a long, long time listener, long time friend, Lewis, also host, guest host. Um, obviously, the episode that I was very excited for everyone to listen to, and I'm surprised like half the world hasn't messaged in about johnny's weird taste in sandwiches um so beef sandwiches he said suck and they also said also avocado and mustard and then give like a throwing up emoji um Mm. oh my days i have it i've had it pretty much every day for the past three weeks and it's been absolutely awesome i can't think of a better sandwich uh, it's literally the best sandwich I've but had in my life. If it was good, though, I, I just feel like more people would have clocked onto it. And then I add some of this to it. Oh, I do really rate that, though. John's holding up some hot sauce. Uh, ch- is it yeah. ch- Cholula? Uh, Ooh, ch- Cholula. Yeah, with the, Cholula with the hot sauce. Top. Very good. Oh, my days. The combination, but my throat has been burning all day. I put way too much of that on. He also said um, he thinks a good a good theme for a season would be movie-based books. I think that would be a quite a fun one. Um, and he said, "What so bo- yeah, movies yeah, based yeah, on books?" Yeah. And he says that you need to hurry up and watch Mortal Kombat so that, like, yeah, I know. I'm kind of waiting for the yeah. cinemas to open Monday. again. Monday. So, Monday. although that sort of date, that sort of dates us now. We're a bit, you know, we, we do our podcast a bit in advance, but yeah, we're waiting on the uh, on the cinemas to open. Oh, I forgot to mention, we are joined here today by a special guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this you know the listeners won't be able to see this, but we have Ned Flanders oh, on the show. Oh, <laughs> Ned Flanders, oh. otherwise known as uh, AKA Johnny Price. So yeah, you've got you some some pretty bad boy mustache game. Yeah, going on. I, um, clean shaven. I trimmed off my beard after I think it was probably about six months. So it was a huge. It was getting very very big and yeah. bushy, wild. It was um, there was a lot of hair. Like when I I cut it all off and I grabbed it and like usually you can grab it and you you know there's pretty much nothing there but it was like a it was like a, yeah, a good chunk tuft hefty a really big tuft of hair and I was I was yeah. looking at it and there was quite a few different colours in there was they looked like quite there's grey patch and like a blonde oh, we'll patch grey patches in brown okay. patch so um, I think I found the other day a really I mean this is probably not the podcast talk about this stuff but I found. A, a, quite a long grey oh, hair in my, in my hair when I was cutting my hair every day and oh, I was mate. just like my, if you boys uh, you haven't obviously this? haven't looked but if you looked at the, my fringe my fringe is 
is rife with gray hairs and <laughs> the sides of my face is are you trying to tell us are you trying to tell us that the no, ginger is real and you dying gray, in all years gray hairs settling in <laughs> can can i can i bring something up right it's been it's been on my mind for a okay. while um and it's a serious it's a serious topic i'm not there's no joke so like we need to we need to explain to the listeners that it's not three seasons in a season it's three themes in a season right we're retcon- yeah. we're sorting that out right now because Johnny and I and you have all been we've been like this season we're talking about this we've been calling three it mini seasons season. in a yeah, season just call it right there's three themes yeah, so it's, in the season yeah yeah well uh, yeah so it makes so the season makes yeah, up nine, nine films nine films we should direct people to listen yeah, to yeah. this episode first so yeah so we should understand uh, it's the last it's the last, the last one of the and we finally figured yeah it out. we're terrible at this because I think yeah. it was like last yeah. week uh, Johnny was like this season we're doing this and I was like that's confusing. What are we doing wrong? And then I thought, yeah. oh, it's a theme. We need to say theme. Oh, we just we keep doing this for a few more years. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get there we'll never be good at podcasting. Uh, Aaron, what have you been up to anything? So, tonight? I, mean, I, I guess you could that could segue into what I've been watching, and Ant and I watch something together. Um, yeah, we had a little yeah, we uh, watch together. A little bit of football. It was, it was Man United versus Liverpool. And Liverpool beat us 3 2. But I'm pretty sure that was the most entertaining game. Wasn't free. Oh, was sorry, 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 sorry. Salah got the goal at the end. Last goal. That was the that was the first time. Uh, it was the first time like it's been entertaining for years. Yeah, ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll take the last one. I I was I was getting that excited. I mean, usually there's hardly any goals between me, Man United and Liverpool. So the first goal went in, I sort of screamed, and um, yeah, Mel wasn't happy. She wasn't. I wasn't happy indeed. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we've been watching the footy. Johnny, you been up too much recently? Um, things I've been doing. What have I been doing? Um, dearie me, caught me on the spot. You've, then. you've been looking into getting a projector. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that is true. Yes, you have jogged my memory. Uh, yeah, I am envious of your projector because your projector is fantastic. <laughs> like watching Lawrence of Arabia on your projector, and also your sofa, which is pretty decent as well it's just a fantastic experience so i've dug out a projector which has been gifted to me from Ant from ages and ages and ages ago and got it out but the bulb is pretty dim so yeah we've it's not, not great. jointly uh with Ant as my projector guru uh been looking at various different projectors and and options and stuff and i do just in time for cinema's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I I really yeah. like the idea of having like a proper home projection style cinema, just seeing something on a really big screen that kind of fills your whole vision. Um, probably not the most practical thing to try and put together, but I definitely want to do it. Makes it feel a bit more special when you get to sit down and watch a film. Yeah, I think. yeah. I mean, I definitely wish that I could have like watched uh, Gravity with you uh, in your house um, on the projector. I just think that that would have yeah. been a really cool experience, but yeah, it was, it was soon good. it'll be soon we can do these things again. Mm. Um, so mm. yeah, um, and have you been up to much? Have you caught any stone throwers recently? Or no, no more stone. I mean, it's been raining too much, so they haven't been out, unfortunately. So I've got the CCTV up now, so I've been one of those people looking at my CCTV all the time, checking it, getting little alerts when everyone walks past. But um, I was just saying to Aaron before. You put CCTV up, and because at night time you got the IR lights on, and then 
spiders love building webs in front of it and you just get like you just turn the you, know, you turn the camera on at night and it's just a bunch of spider webs and you're like great so i'm gonna have to get into a routine of cleaning it get rid of the spiders fun times i mean this is like what you want to do this is what you dream about doing when you're when you're a kid and you dream about owning your own home and everything <sighs> oh well never mind um so we shall we move on to what, what we're yes. watching okay right so i have a one question quiz <laughs> so between you and Aaron, <laughs> um, right. so you only get one chance. Basically, you've got to guess the film that I've seen. Okay, listen carefully. Okay. Baby, we were making straight A's, but we were stuck in the dumb days. Don't take much to memorize your lies. I feel like you've been hypnotized. And then that magic man, he came to town. <sighs> woo wee. He spun my head round. He said, recess is in session. Two and two make five. And now, baby, oh, I'm alive. Oh, yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> Johnny Five yeah. Alive? Do you, do you want some more? No. Go on then, go on. Is this just yeah, lyrics for a song? Come on. And if you want to be a teacher's pet, well, baby, you just better forget it. Rock got no reason. Rock got no rhyme. You better get me to school on time. Is it School of Rock? Yes, and you won the one question oh, quiz. We we've been thinking of like because it's, it's just come on Netflix, isn't it? So we were looking at it, yeah. thinking like I really want to watch it. So yeah, to me it's it's always one of those films that will come up at Christmas or something, or usually around the holidays, or whatever New Year's or something. And I'll, I'll come on and I'll you know I'll watch the second half of it and be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll does, just, does it? I, I, does it? I tell you what, this feels like. Okay, this feels like. Um, you know the feeling you get potentially from when you watch like Mean Girls and be like, "Oh yeah, that was a really cool film from when I was growing up." Yeah, like I get the same from this. Like, I was. Have you watched it before then? Yeah, I've seen. You know, I've probably seen it like five or six times. Um, like when I was way younger, but it's just so good. It's like it's so fun, and like it's all just like every every moment of it's just fun and. Jack Black is just a great like lead. Yeah, it? he seems like pretty perfect for the role, doesn't he? He yeah. plays it so well. Yeah, just really carries the the whole film. Um, I couldn't think of anyone else who who'd fit That's... that position, but yeah, really recommend it, hundred percent. It sort of has to me. It has. It's not similar to this, but you know how like Richard Curtis, like his mo- mo- movies, like Love Actually mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. They all sort of they sort of like encapsulate this sort of really nice positive energy, but it's really British and like. Mm. Has a really like, like and it, a lot of them are quite similar. It, it sort of feels like almost like an American version of of that sort of feeling. It's really just a feel good film of like, I guess it would be. Well, I'm trying to think who who, who, who directs it and stuff. Who, who, it's uh, it Richard Linklater. La- oh right, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like uh, he's like big, isn't he? Big rich. Yeah, and then uh, Mike White. Uh, was the who wrote the screenplay? He plays um, Jack Black's like roommate, and he mm. also wrote Orange County and the School of Rock TV show, which I don't think is. Rated oh, I watched that <laughs> quite I watched that. quite as well, but um, yeah, it's just a, a fun a fun watch. Anyone who's not seen it, it's basically a um, a guy's in a rock band um, has to make some money, so he he, he picks up a a job from his roommate uh, being a supply teacher in a school and uh, he doesn't have any qualifications to do it and he basically just decides to make a band and 
teach them all about rock and roll and yeah, that's I'm, that's. I'm pretty, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the other movie. I mean, this is just completely out of the blue, and I remember I remember hearing an interview with Jack Black or someone who made the film, maybe. But it has its all. It has an original soundtrack, doesn't it? And I'm pretty sure there's a song in there that's really well known. From what I remember is that one you were singing just then. There's, uh, there's. I think there's two songs that the band actually perform, and then they just yeah. do loads of covers of like famous but rock and roll I'm songs. I'm pretty sure that they asked. About they basically approached a band to, uh, like a local sort of LA band or whatever to to make some music for it. I think I'm pretty sure it's this film, and they just came up with the song in like one evening. They just like they just had to get it done or something, and it just came up, and it's like their best song they've ever written, basically. <laughs> but like for this film, I can't remember how to look into that again. But yeah, yeah um, I like ever since, since I watched it last weekend, I've just been like humming it in my head. It's just like yeah. It's just like a really satisfying film. Um, it's not going to blow your head off with like amazing mm. thoughts on humanity or anything like that. It's just nice, easy to watch. Yeah. So yeah, I have um, I have two films I could talk about. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, I'll, I'll give you they're both kind of almost thrillery and have like twists and turns. One from two thousand and ten and one from nineteen ninety seven. Which one would you prefer first? Uh, is the one from 1997 the one with Will Smith in it? That what's that one where it's like, it's, oh, well, oh uh, the government one though after it. Oh, what, Enemy yeah. of the State. Enemy of the State is Enemy of the State. That is a good film, but no, it's not uh, that one. Best shootout ever. Oh, at the end. Oh, oh great, it's great. Yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. that's very memorable. So, uh, so do you want me to go with the 1997 yeah, yeah, one? Yeah, yeah go like for that. it. Okay, I'll I'll do, I'll talk about this one. Then now you can go next if you want. Um, so a few episodes ago we had uh uh. A guest on the show we had tommy and we were watching unleashed yeah. and uh when we were getting to know tommy a bit more on the pod he mentioned how he's really into these sort of mystery online puzzle game things oh, that yeah, are like yeah, yeah. sort of like almost like uh treasure hunts around the internet and i mentioned to him oh there's this film that i've heard about i couldn't remember what, i couldn't remember much about it and i hadn't seen it before yeah. uh, and it's uh got uh michael douglas in it and i was like i think it's called the the game maybe and it, it was called yeah. the game and it came up on netflix of an night and i was like i haven't seen this film i want to watch it uh, i watched the whole film and, re- and at the end I, fa- I realized that it was a david fincher film which i didn't realize <laughs> so he made this just after he made seven um Whoa. and so yeah basically do you have you guys well, do you, have you watched the film at all? nope okay right i don't want to tell you too much about it i don't want to spoil any twists because you, you think you should you watch it both okay. watch this right, okay. yeah it's really it, so I'll put it on my it's list. basically this, the premise is um, it's about a uh, extremely wealthy banker uh, played by Michael Douglas, who you know Michael Douglas plays a good wealthy person very well, um, who is like basically really really bored out of his mind. Like he's his wife has left him a couple of years before. He's not got any kids, and he's like no one's really like. He's got no close friends or relationships or anything, and he doesn't. He just seems to go to work and come home, and that's about it, really. And then, um, for his birthday, his brother shows up, and take, you know, they go out for dinner, and he's like, basically says, "Uh, this thing that changed my life, you know, like life changing experience. You need to do it. It'll make you. It'll make your life so much more fun. Take this card. I've paid for you. It's a birthday present. Take this. It's like a." And he, did, I don't think he actually explains it entirely. It's, it's just it's, it's an experience. You should do it. And he takes this card from this company called CRS. Um, and basically, he decides after a couple of weeks. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and do this. 
goes in, signs up for it, it gets tested, and then uh, they're like, okay, we'll let you know when the game's going to start. And you don't tell them anything else about the game. And then basically the rest of the film is like... The game. Like a few... It's like, yeah, it's the game. Like, he, he basically, like, it's this, it turns into this thriller of a film and he's, like, he's, like, not sure what's real and what's cool. part of the game. And, cool. for example, like, he'll be at a restaurant and then, like, someone will leave a check, you know, on his table and he'll have a note in it and then he's got to do something. And it's, like, it just spirals out of out, out of control or whatever. And it's got lots of twists and turns. It's really well shot because it's a David Fincher film. Um it's actually kind of funny in parts. There's quite some good humor, humor in it, and like there's a good backstory. Michael Douglas, he's got a good like, he's got some haunting things that happened in his past that he's sort of trying to work through. Um, so yeah, like really good. I mean, I think ultimately, I don't know if the ending pays off completely. Like it's a good, but like you know, the the journey getting there is really fun and works really well and keeps you on, keeps you in suspense. So. Yeah, I'd recommend it. It sort of reminded me like some other Fincher films, like a bit you know, like Fight Club and Shutter Island, that sort of stuff. Like it's got similar themes in there and stuff. But yeah, it's um definitely worth a watch. I'd recommend it. Nice. Uh, I, I, you know, you piqued my interest. Usually, the seriousness on your face was like, you need to watch it. It was like, oh, this is going to be a film I actually really enjoy, isn't it? Okay, I will. It's one of those things, like, it's bad, like, when I watch a film by, like, a director like this, like, Dave Fincher, I go, I sort of go, oh, I forget he made, he's made, like, a bunch of other films I haven't seen, I should probably go get to watching these, and there's a few already that I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should watch this, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun, uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, I, I'm not, I'm just not sure if I really like Michael Douglas as an actor. I don't know whether I've seen him in a lot, like, I think... We we both watched uh, is it falling down? Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. separately. Um, yeah. But like, I feel like he's only really in films because his dad was in films. I I don't know. He just doesn't. <laughs> he's good in this. Is he? He's he's good. Yeah. He sort of like he sort of goes to the edge. I mean, I wouldn't say he's like amazing or anything, but he's he's pretty good in this. It fits, fits it pretty well. Um. He's not extremely not very likable, I guess. That's that's where Yeah, you know, maybe that's not a really likable guy. Like the majority of the films I've seen of him, he's a bit you know. He does play like the anti anti bad guy. Or like he always plays yeah. like a sort of anti yeah, anti-hero sort of or antagonist yeah. or whatever. Um, um Aaron, what have you been watching? Um, I've got two things. I I'll do them both because one's one's quick. Um I'll start with a quick one. Apart from Liverpool beating Apart from Liverpool beating my United. Um you know, still not going to be higher up in us on the league, though. Might still not even get Champions League, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, so I watched Leeson Thomas's Yasuke. It's a six-part anime on Netflix about a black samurai. Um, mm. I only watched it for one thing. <laughs> uh, a, a musical artist that I really like called Flying Lotus does the music for the whole whole thing. So Flying Lotus is like what's this called uh, again? Yasuke. Oh, Yasuke. Yusuke. I think it's like Yasuke or Yasuke. Y a u s u k e. Um, yeah. So just come out on Netflix. Um, basically, Flying Lotus is a musical artist that I really enjoy. He owns a label of artists like Thundercat or Lapalux, and that's all his his stuff. If you've ever if you've ever heard of any of those artists, he's got a lot lot more in there. Anyway, um. 
I heard like the intro to this and was like, okay, I'm in. So it's all very like electronic, very like Lapaloxy, Johnny. Um, very just sort of those sort of like seventies beats. You know what I mean? Like where they use sort of seventies style, um, samples and stuff like with like the horns and things. Um, anyway, the anime is fine, but the soundtrack is phenomenal. So you should watch it just to hear like that. <laughs> Because it's not your typical sort of Japanese anime. Is it all released? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only oh, so it's six episodes, thirty minutes. The other thing I watched, it was just a couple of weeks ago, and I is Park Hun Jung's Night in Paradise. Um, basically, uh, it's set around this gangster called Taigu. Um, I'm gonna butcher all these names. It's set around this gangster anyway. Um, and what happens is his rival gang accidentally or purposely, or so you think, kills his sister and um, niece. So he basically goes on like a sort of vengeance spree and kills a whole load of these sort of gangsters. And then he escapes to this island. Um, and then the gang sort of follows him to the island and it's just there's a lot of shooting, <laughs> essentially. A lot of fighting. Is it, with, the, with the fighting and stuff, is it similar to like... A um a raid or something or no. is he like is he like is he like trained yeah or he's is it just in, like... it is sort of there's a bit of kung fu in it uh, or sorry martial arts there's a bit of martial arts in it um but mostly a lot of it's like gunplay and stabbing and shooting yeah. from the poster when as soon as I look at look at it it sort of had gave me the like just the font of the poster and like some of the imagery it made me, made me think of Drive is it got that sort of revenge sort of yeah, to it. It, 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 a bit of both. It's, um, it is sort of like that. It's just, I don't know if you've ever seen sort of like any Asian sort of gangster films. Have you, have you seen any? Um, I can't think of any to date. I've seen like uh, Hard Boiled and stuff like that. I haven't seen like a lot. It's sort of just, just kind of similar to a lot of those, I guess. Um, it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's, I would say it's, it's quite an easy watch if you just want to watch like, a gangster film but you know set in south korea um and it's just action-packed i don't i don't really know what else to say about it like it was decent but i wouldn't say you guys need to go watch it i would say yeah it has a lot of good action scenes in it a lot of likable characters there's a lot of overacting in it but has it got any humor in it? Is it any, nah, is it levi- any levi- not even. It? It's not no, funny at all. Yeah, it's just dark all the way through. Pretty. It's a pretty it's a, sad story from the get go. Out of the two, which one would you recommend? Oh, oh no! I'd I'd watch the anime series. The music is amazing. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> just for the music. I mean, you could just stick the album on. That would be fine as well. Because um, I think the anime, like, it starts off pretty good, and then towards the end, it really just gets really boring. And I I wasn't yeah. into it towards the end, but um, a lot of the bits were the samurais traveling and the music sort of doing its thing in the background just sort of has this weird like juxtaposition because obviously it's not classical, it's like sort of electronic and it has this weird mm-hmm. feeling, but I think it really it's works. It's set in like a historical era, yeah, it's yeah, all samurai stuff. Yeah. Right. But then there's like sort of big robots in it and stuff. It's cool. The, the, the sort of setting for it is pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. just... It's just not a great anime. It just it could be better. Right, and what's the other thriller? Right. What's 2010 bringing us? 
2010. So, cast your minds back to 2010. So, this is a documentary, right? I wonder if you can guess this. What is? I don't know if you guys have seen it, though. Um, so, back in 2010, it was a few years after the sort of... Uh, the What's the word? The... Um, the debut of basically the biggest social media website in the world, Facebook. Facebook yeah. So basically, this documentary is it's called uh, it's called it's called Catfish. Have you watched Catfish. Have you guys have seen this? Oh, uh, Catfish. You you watched it? Both is seen this the first time you've yeah. seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it before. No way. So is is this off the back of Gogglebox? No, 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 no nothing, nothing to do with that. So so this is um. Basically, the way I got into this is I was on Amazon Prime and then I saw there was a TV show for, called Catfish and it's like a reality show where the basically the premise of this film, I don't want to... But basically, it's about people who... So I don't, I don't want to explain No, no, you should. I mean, people know, like, it doesn't ruin so, you know, the film. I don't know. So, I think it does. You think it does? It's basically people... Well, I'll hear this about the film is. So basically, it's a story of a photographer who lives in New York and he's contacted by like a young girl who's painted one of his photos, and she sends him the photo of the painting, and he sort of starts with a bit of like a pen pal thing with her, and she's on Facebook, and then he becomes friends with her mum, and she's talk he's talking to her mum, and then he becomes friend friends with her older sister, uh, and he's talking to her quite a lot, and then they sort of develop a bit of a long distance relationship with her, you know, back and forth texting and that sort of stuff, and. Um, and then basically, something happens that makes him question his relationship with her, and then all this stuff unfolds, and there's a lot of twists and turns and stuff. I don't know. I don't know where I want to explain it because it sort of ruins it's the. 2021. If people don't know what catfishing is, I know, then they're not. But I didn't. Well, this is the thing. So I hadn't watched this because it's one of those I'd heard about it being really good documentary years ago, and I sort of meant to watch it, but I just never got around to it. And it was never like really available. I don't think, or I just. For some reason just didn't get around to watching it but i feel like if this came out um like today obviously it doesn't quite it's not quite as impactful because of people know about this stuff happening um like it's now it's a normal thing yeah. yeah uh that it's not that weird but because back in the day it was just as facebook had come out basically someone who's talking talking to him isn't who they say they yeah that, yeah so there you go sense. you haven't spoiled yeah. it or anything like that um, yeah 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 but but like back in the day i think that was like a big it was like a like it was like a new thing everyone people were like I think oh, it was. people were like not being who they were yeah. on the on the internet yeah. or whatever um and whereas now it's sort of become the norm which is why like when i saw i saw this uh amazon tv show i was like oh that catfish film that's supposed to be good i'll, I'll give the tv show a, a watch i'll watch one episode of it and it's just like super like american tv yeah, reality show yeah, like the yeah. way it's edited and the music and like it repeats stuff over and over again it's just really 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 overproduced nowhere near as um, good as the film i don't think no no but i was interested yes but basically i went i went back and i watched this documentary and then i realized hang on the guy in the documentary mm-hmm. he's the host of this tv show and i was like oh you must have gone on and made a tv show yeah. so they're on like season whatever it is seven or eight of it now whatever and you some, and they found a lot enough content that they must. A lot of people must it's almost do this. like catfishing is but, a very um, normal thing. Yeah, yeah, true. But it, but it all spawned the term of it and everything. It all spawned from this film, I believe. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, it's like yeah. What I was gonna say is if this if this came out like at a time when Netflix was like a huge thing and like people everyone was watching the same stuff on oh, TV yeah. and like or everyone watching the same like you know like like similar to how Tiger King came out last year and you know was like a sort of phenomenon like in terms of the culturally yeah. uh, or like making a murderer and it just sort of spread around everywhere and everyone knows it and references it. I feel like this would be the same. Yeah, maybe totally. it, maybe it was to an extent, but I just, I I didn't know it. I I I didn't. I sort of had a bit of an idea about it, but like. Yeah, I hadn't watched it. It's really, really good. Really like, it, 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 it twists in a way that you know you expect, but then it also twists in a way that you wouldn't expect. Mm. And it has like a interesting. It's a good, sort good of documentary storyline. They document. Yeah, and they, I think they press the, they ask the right questions over and over again yeah. to get further yeah. down the rabbit hole. Because even yeah, though I think, they meet that sort yeah. of, they, they, they obviously answer the first main question. It's like you said, mm. like the way that they sort of stick with it for a long time and try and figure yeah. out what the root of the, almost like the problem is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think it's a really yeah. good documentary. And the, um, like the document, like the thing is, I think that, I think there was like, when you're watching it, you got, you kind of get a bit of an idea that there might be like, they might be going along with it a little bit just to sort of massage the story. So it like the story, it sort of helps the story along a bit. Like I feel like there might've been, you know, if they weren't documentary people, they probably wouldn't have followed it up or whatever. They would have just left it, and it you know wouldn't have become a, a big story. But because they they dug deeper and stuff, and they sort of wanted to go, find out more, then it became a, a bigger story. Um, Do you think you've ever been catfished? No. <laughs> what about you, Aaron? No, no, I'm not. I mean, not I think, not that I, I know I'm, of. I'm, yeah, I feel like I uh, me and Mel met in real life, and I never really. Uh, I don't think I've ever had that, that relationship with anyone or like even a friendship with anyone who I didn't know. Really. What if Heather's what not who she says she is? And really, her name is something else. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I was like, brother. Uh, and I've been, been getting, you know, strung along the whole time. No, uh, I think like, I think as well, like it asks the question of like one of the main issues with the internet um, is because you don't really have to put a face to the to the words you're saying. People think that they can kind of do whatever and say whatever do they anything, want, yeah, um, which yeah. is, again, not to bring it back to football, but something that is happening in football online a lot, particularly to do with like black yeah, players yeah, and stuff. People yeah. have no filter, and they just think they can get away yeah. with what, what they want. And this, this film, Catfish, was probably one of the first sort of documentaries to ask the question of like, Hmm. Who are these people? Yeah. This the internet. This is this is what it brings to the table. It brings a lot of good, but also a lot of bad too. Like yeah. a lot, a lot of sort of weirdness. Um, it's a good documentary though. Yeah, I'd say like it's definitely of a time as well. Watching it made me really th- remember being in uni and <laughs> I went because I went to New York around the same time. For 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 like a, like a uni trip or whatever, I just had a lot of like it's it's weird because it's not it doesn't feel that long ago, but it actually you know it's like it's ten years. I think when this was shot in two thousand eight, so it's like thirteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it, it did feel quite dated. It's interesting, but um, it sort of reminded me in terms of documentary styles. It has a similar vibe to capturing the Freebuns, which is again an amazing documentary. Or even like the jinx and stuff as well, like about going down this sort of rabbit hole and discovering more and more things. 
um, which they're also both great documentaries if you get a chance to watch them. Anyway, I think we should move on. Shall we get uh, get over to the main event and chat should we, about... Should we pull in, sucked down by... Float, o- float over. Float over. Away. Yeah, yeah, to gravity. Yes, and you see, you, you didn't, do you didn't do, the, you didn't do any sort of like, you know, really good segue into what you've been watching. So I was gonna like, right, I'm gonna force <laughs> him into doing it. Sorry. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into gravity. Gravity, a 2013 film, which is like again, it's gone quick on it. 2013 uh, film directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Cuarón, I can't say his name. Um, it's also written by him and his brother Jonas Cuarón. And um, this film had a budget of a hundred million dollars, which I was a little bit surprised by, because just because of it's just got two actors in it. But it makes sense more you look into how. Yeah. Made it. Um, so this film stars Sandra Bullock as Ryan Stone, who's a an astronaut. Uh, scientist and also George Clooney who plays uh, Matt Kowalski uh, and they are the two remaining astronauts uh, trying to work together to survive after an a- accident leaves them stranded in space so yeah we pick up at the start of the film and they're sort of like noodling around the Hubble telescope I think it is and they're, um, they're basically try- 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 she's doing, she's installing something to, as part of her experiments and um and then a basically a bunch of like some sort of explosion happens somewhere else, and then a bunch of debris flies f- around like you know in the um what would it be in the Special atmosphere? Yeah, but I guess it's like the what's it called when the part we, we, we whatever it, it, space it, debris it arrives. Yeah, space debris comes across and takes everything out and causes chaos. Um, so I just wanted to mention i guess why i chose this film because originally i chose contact i probably should speak about why it's now gravity so i chose contact because i hadn't seen it and i couldn't think of a space film i hadn't seen and i was looking at a few and people's suggestions online about different space films and uh, i wanted to go with a bit of a sort of more traditional space film than the the other two that we picked um you know that something that was actually set in space, <laughs> <laughs> or had something to do with space. Um, so I, I chose Contact, and then judging on your reactions to it, and then we chatted a bit afterwards. I was thinking like, because I I also had potentially Gravity came up in my head as well as as well as something else I wanted to pick, and I was. I've always been in like for some reason the perception of this film. I've never really thought it looked any good. I don't know why. I just thought. It didn't, didn't, didn't really grab me, um, and you, your reaction to it was basically like you were like, oh, I'd really like to watch Graffiti. It's so good, you know, and you were know, saying like, you know, it's something you'd want to watch again, and like, you know, you're trying to change my opinion on it basically last week. And I spoke to Mel, and and she reminded me that we went, we we never got to watch it at the cinema, obviously, but we both wanted to at the time, and it was, uh, we kept being told. I remember I was, I, it brought back this memory now of what I forgot, but basically at the time, we didn't see it at the cinema and every t- person we spoke to was basically like, you need to see it at the cinema. If you don't see it at the cinema, there's probably no point in watching it. So I, I remember that being put into me about by a bunch of people and, th- and me thinking, well, I can't be bothered then if it's not, I'm not going to see it at the cinema. 
I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna watch it at home and fine. So I changed my mind basically and decided, okay, I'll go along with Gravity. I realized, you know, I remembered that it's uh, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who is like maybe one of my favorite films, yeah. Children of Men. Yeah, I just want to know and that. That got me excited. Can the podcast know um, that I texted him and said, "You realize that it's directed by him." Yeah, and he made one of your favorite films, right? And yeah. you were like, "No, I don't know if I'm bothered about it." I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew that in my head, but I didn't really think about it too much. And I was like, "Actually, yeah, what am I doing?" <laughs> um, so I picked. So I said, "Right, let's just change. I'm going to go to Gravity." Yeah. So that was my sort of perception. I think it was also because I heard some, maybe a few sneery reviews at the time about George Clooney's character and and that it was a bit silly or whatever. So I don't know. I just didn't really fancy it. Um, anyway, so I guess shall we do? Do you want to do a quick recap of the story? I guess does it matter? Well, I mean, uh, we essentially, to... like the debris hits and then Ryan attempts to get back to Earth. Right, that's the story. Yeah, just to like keep jumping from pod to pod and space station space station to try and get back this the story is really in it's you know that she's you know that she's trying to get from a to b the stories in the action yeah. that occurs yeah right yeah. yeah it's very much it got a, i guess it's got a similar in terms of like other films like this i guess like a dunk not well a dunkirk or like a yeah, no, no. 1917 like there's not a lot of story there but it's like sort of what unfolds and the events that happen yeah sort of tell the tell the story and it's like how they it's like smaller build the character yeah it's how they like like how the film makes you feel for the characters mm. you know because you're concerned for their safety obviously and you know obviously mm. ryan being in space and having to get back down to earth is a very like you know there's, there's no safety yeah. net or whatever um but you guys have seen this at cinema when it first yeah, came out, I saw yeah? It a couple yeah. of times so you had like fond memories of watching I, it i guess do yeah yeah, I feel like there is like back back in like two thousand and thirteen and the the early twenty tens, there was just a lot of like really good films back to back that were coming out around around that sort of time. So I remember watching it, but it kind of I think it just fell into a mass of other great films. But yeah. I think seven years, eight years is a good enough time to go to back, back and, in yeah, and rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, I thought we'd break this up into um, three parts. But the first part I want to talk about was just the story and plot, and you know what we thought about that. Like, so obviously you've got these two main characters, and then there's other characters you're hearing, but they quickly get sort of taken out of the picture um, right at the start, and it's pretty much like yeah. So so she's like. She gets knocked knocked into space. George Clooney comes and uh, rescues her, and they sort of go on this little like this little, uh, I guess little like travel. They're trying to get to the little journey, try and get to the back to this uh, is it Chinese uh, station, I think it is. Um, and yeah, like I guess I, I well, first of all, I I mean I enjoyed watching it. I, obviously, the long takes were like pretty amazing um i think the first what stood out to me straight away was like the first like i'm sure i mean i, I read about it afterwards but I, I i clocked it as about 20 minutes or 24 minutes something like that of like one as a one take shot that there's like no cuts that i could see uh, i might have missed that i might have missed a cut maybe but it was like definitely like a super long one uh one shot and um 
and you get to know the characters. You get to know that you know you have like you have Sandra Bullock, who's very much focused on her on her duties and her job. That's the thing that she's like very interested in. Um, she's not really got that much time for anything else. She's just focused on that, even to the point where it's quite obviously they're in danger and someone's about to you know come and debris about to come over and like destroy a bunch of the, the, the shuttle they're on and she's still trying to get a thing to work even though like there's a bigger bigger threat about to happen um i have a question and then obviously go on so why is a medical doctor who works in a hospital up in space after only six months of training she must have been i mean on, I, a, I thought... on a spacewalk i mean uh, i i guess like she whatever thing that she could do was so specialized that she needed to be there like i don't know like there must have been because they kept they sort of tried i'm to sure the there were, i'm sure there were plenty of like like hospitals that do it do, doing sort of research that have to bring in i don't know if she was a doctor i think she was like a scientist wasn't she um and she was i'm sure there's, she, was a she talks about doctor. yeah medical doctor she talks about being in, in a hospital yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. she's she's like up on this spacewalk trying to fit what looks like some kind of motherboard type thing or fix it yeah. on the outside yeah. of this spaceship and like I guess that's not supposed to matter too much is it I suppose it's just like she's there doing I mean yeah you're right it probably could have written a slightly better excuse for to be up there potentially um, I have theories okay I mean so, so she's serious yeah but like also the fact that like in this world like the Russians blew up a thing and like destroyed like the Hubble space space state. you know it's a make believe uh, space space like, you know um, then you have George Clooney who's like the sort of cowboy up in space yeah he is a cowboy space, space cowboy. cowboy he's he's like playing his music flying around for some reason like in a really like <laughs> Like I just kept like straight away the whole like I knew something was gonna happen and I felt tense but the fact that he was just flying around I was like what like it, it I didn't feel like ease at all I was like oh this is horrible why is he just sort of fl- floating around in space flying about like surely something's gonna go wrong but obviously like you know he's you're supposed to realize that he's like the 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 calm and suave and collected guy. But he kept t- he's talking all these, you know, doing all this dialogue where he's doing his little monologues of all his stories. He's, you know, he's telling about things that happen on Earth and like, like just, I get to a point where it felt a little bit unnatural to be honest. Like it didn't, the the dialogue didn't feel like, um, it felt a bit forced in some parts where it was you know, overly trying to get across who he was as a character, like and. Just felt a little bit cartoony. Do you, I don't know if do you not think that, that it felt that way? Because like, I guess they were trying to shoe in some sort of, um, you know, trying to get the trying to get the audience to feel something for him because he wasn't going to be in the film for maybe as long as some other characters in the film. Yeah, true. Um, I, I thought they were trying to build up like some sort of rapport because I again, don't know, but if you're going to have a film where there's only two characters in it, surely you don't you don't, you don't need to like I don't I just feel like the, you could have felt that for him without having all the really crowbar in like long stories or I don't I, know. Maybe it just felt a bit a bit annoying and a bit cartoony. I, for me. me, like this time round, obviously watching it years later, he felt much more like a dream than a character, like like a real plausible person so this time ryan when he was sort of bringing the stories around in the first time and he started chatting away and stuff he just felt a bit more like dreamy than serious and i really felt that 
But I think I think back to like you know the story, like what was said, like you know that first instance where she gets cut off and it concentrates so much and like the, oh, yeah. the shots of her spinning and it's mostly her floating face into, and stuff the, like that. into blackness. I, Ugh, I, I yeah. think it's set up like that because it, it's trying to reiterate the seriousness, like you were saying about being uncomfortable. Like this is space. There are no like you know big. There's no yeah. There's no safety. Yeah. Nets, there's no there? safety nets. Little mistakes can very quickly get out of hand and can cause you know life or death situations or whatever and if you time things wrong that could be the end of your life or whatever if you miss like a certain angle and i think yeah. that sets up the plot slash the story really well because like instantly you're like okay so obviously you do want to build up like the rapport with the characters but it's not that it's more for me anyway it's about like okay so this person is not safe at all yeah and they have to yeah. get back time to this planet and that is going to be difficult. How are they going to do that? And the whole time, I think you're supposed to feel like at some point she's just not going to make it and she is going to die. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's quite a big sort of internal struggle for her because, like, after George Clooney's character just disappears off into space, she can't, she, you know, she feels guilty for letting him go. And there's a moment within the film where. Um, uh, George says to her like it's easy to stay in space because nothing can hurt you sort of thing and I think yeah. for like she's like trying to figure out whether sh- she really wants to put in the effort to try and get back home or yeah because she doesn't have anything waiting for her or like yet. bother to try and you know go through the uh, the rigmarole of you know going out into space and potentially having a pretty terrible death rather than just falling asleep in in a yeah. in a shuttle, um, but yeah, I guess can we talk? Can we just so yeah? So they make their way to the to, to the other vessel. They get all uh, sort of they get all sort of like caught up in all the all the shrapnel of the other the other station and like all the sort of cabling and everything. And they're they're flying towards it to try and get to it. And that, and basically, he ends up. On a harness with her, and I think her leg is trapped on some sort of fabric, sort of wiring, and then he basically does it does the whole like, well, not quite, but he, he basically sacrifices himself, doesn't he, to save yeah, her? Yeah, yeah. The problem with that scene, I don't know. I'm assuming this was a big thing at the time. I don't. I, I haven't read any reviews about it or anything. But when I watched it, it felt it. I know how space works, and it that didn't make any sense for how space works like there's no drag in space there's no like you have momentum and then when that momentum is stopped there's no there's no like external forces pulling him away yeah yeah and it seemed like really silly and it, i just kind of got annoyed with it. I, I didn't mind it it's fine okay you want to kill him off that's really horrible the way that obviously he just floats off into space and he plays his music or whatever but then obviously you, you know he's gonna eventually die on his own in space but it annoyed me because it just felt like surely they could have thought of a better way of getting rid of him, like some other like accident or something else that could happen that would have worked better. It just annoyed so me, I guess, that, that he whole... He was on the tip of the atmosphere uh, and he was being pulled in by... So, somebody. I want to interject because um, I did some research on this and they got professionals in to study. Um, so, one of the people that like helped write, I think, um, I think write the, like, the script and stuff was a a physicist and stuff like that. So I think I think 
there must have been a scientific reason as to why that was happening. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you can go, you can Google I it. I don't. I mean, like I will do after, but I don't believe there's any reason why. He but if he's got the momentum, swung, and she's I mean, it's something to do with mass. And then, but then, but then they stop. No, they don't stop though. They do stop. No, they do stop because her her leg stops. But it's still it's still being back. slowly dragged though. Why? By what? By by his momentum. But then he stopped. He hasn't stopped. stopped it's like still just slow. It's just slower. I think. No, I, th- I don't. I don't, I don't know. Think so. All I'm saying is they did. They did do. They got a. It's not. A, I mean, it's not a huge thing about the film. It, they, they kill him off. Actually, I don't know. If, uh, I need, I, need, I wish I would have read about that actually a bit more. But like, they kill him off, and obviously they want to kill him off for the story. It makes sense. Um, it just annoyed me because it just, I just felt like it was really, you know, not very. Like considering the, there's only a few action scenes in this film, and it's all set in space, and they really try and like emphasize all the trouble they've gone through to make it really accurate and stuff it annoys me that they, they didn't feel like they're one of the main things that happens in the film that they didn't bother to come up with a better way that wouldn't like go against how physics works yeah as far as i understand but anyway um so yeah he dies uh and then she's on her own and she's like struggling to get back to the pod uh she's running out of oxygen and then she gets in she manages eventually gets in and depressurizes it she gets all the space gear off and then she had, there's this moment, I don't know if you noticed it, um, where she's like floating and she's got, you, you have this this sort of imagery of uh, a baby in the mother's yeah, womb. No, did you see that? I mean, it's really clear, I mean, obviously. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you noticed the scene that they sat on for like maybe two minutes where she sat in the fetal yeah, position know, spinning around and yeah, the music changes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, it's really obvious. I just, yeah. Anyway, um, but obviously he's going for some sort of rebirth yeah, thing there, yeah, like, you yeah, know, she's... But then it's what's interesting is it took her a while then for her to sort of change her mind because even at that point she's still trying to escape and get back to the earth. She gets to the last pod basically I think and then she sort of it goes wrong for her and then like Donnie mentioned George Clooney shows up again as like a dream sequency thing and uh, inspires her to to um, you know do something else and try and figure out a way of getting back on her own. But that's basically... I mean, and then she obviously gets down and then she's so survives. So, do you know the bit where she's listening to the radio and you hear the, like, the guy, like, singing oh, yeah. to the baby? Apparently, that's a, a short film done by his brother. I think. Yeah, okay. I think it's by him. Is it him? I think it's by him. Did he do the short film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that you can yeah, watch. him and his son wrote it, oh, I think. Cool. Him and his son, I think. But, yeah, I just wanted to... It's about an, it's about an Inuit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like Inuit yeah, yeah. singing to their baby or something, or and that's the radio. I thought that was very interesting. I was I wasn't quite sure what was going on at that point. It took me a while to sort of figure out what was happening. I was into it though, um, definitely. But yeah, it's a nice sort of moment yeah. where she's having this com- communication with, like, with 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 the Earth, with a random person. I think I think that's like what this film did up to this point anyway. The moments where like it wasn't like high pressure and it sort of eased off a bit. Yeah. Like when it eased off, those moments, I th- personally, I find them quite beautiful. So and yeah, very so there's calming. a few things they did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like they 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 had a lot of, um, a lot of breaks, a lot of like, uh, down moments in 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 where the action was, and it would go to a quieter section, and you could sort of take in what was happening and uh, yeah that was really nice another thing i really loved as well was the 90 minutes they kept on having where the debris oh, was going to yeah. take 90 minutes to rotate around yeah. the earth and then hit them again and it was a really nice way of like 
uh, keeping attention up, but you know, and showing the character knows, okay, I've got 90 minutes, tapped it on the clock on the watch, 90 minutes until the next, next lot of chaos is going to happen. And it was just like a really like good way of building suspense. Uh, but then you sort of know, well, she's got a bit of time. It's okay. We're okay for now. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That's also, you're right. Um, so yeah, I guess actors and performance I want to talk about next. So obviously, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about because there's only hmm. two actors in it. But um, from what I mean, I really did a bit of research into this and like how they shot it and stuff. And from what I can understand, like Sandra Bullock, I don't know if she did win any awards. This I have a quick look. Okay, so the, she she didn't win any Oscar awards. Oh no, sorry. You know, she was nominated for one, but she didn't win it. But um, she was. I mean, what she had to do physically was pretty amazing. She was like hung from a harness, okay, um, and like she basically had to do these, like because there were such long sequences, she had to basically prep for it. Like she was prepping for, for like a, a circle, to, you know, circle soleil or like a, a acrobatic sort of dance mm-hmm. sort of thing, and she had to like nail it and get all the timings right because it all it all sunk sunk up with the. Um, there's like a CGI background yeah, they had yeah. that they were filming with, and like she had to absolutely nail it every time. And apparently, like the amount of like she t- it took her six months to, to train for it, and the amount of like, uh, like pressure and like weight that her body was under in terms of like how much she had to hold up, had to hold the the sort of positions for so long to show that you know to make it feel like she was in space. It looked like an absolutely incredible performance, and I, I, and I thought like just generally like just you know, how it came across in the film was, you know, I really uh, bought into her as a character and what she was doing and like, and her, and it felt quite real to me. Um, much more than George Clooney. George Clooney felt just a little bit cartoony because he was just such a, a bit of a stereotype mm-hmm. of like a sort of the space cowboy guy. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, I would have thought because you don't really see um, uh, Sandra Bullock's face very much in the film they would have just got some sort of um like body double to to do a lot of the shots no i think it was all her it was all pretty much her um you do see her face quite a bit not you don't really see her face properly you mean you see it a little bit through the visor but it's not fully but a lot of it's kind of just like you see the back of them with the the world or the um uh, the uh, satellites um, yeah. in the background rather than actual face shots until she kind of takes... It's like you only really get to see her like as a self when she takes off the space suit probably about halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you see... I don't know. I, I, think, yeah. I think you see her face quite a like, lot. But not with like, the, the mask thing on. Obviously, when she takes that off, it's like a thing in it. Mm. So there's also... Another actor in this film as well. So we have George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. But who else do we have? Ed Harris. Ed Harris is reprising his ro- role as a as a as mission control mm-hmm. uh, as the as the sort of director of uh, of NASA. This is the third time he's done it now. <laughs> he, did it, he also did it in a, in Apollo thirteen yeah, yeah, as well yeah. and as well as others. Um, I didn't notice it was his voice at all. It didn't didn't come across to me. Really. Like it was he's him, got such you know. a recognisable voice. He's only in it for a bit, isn't he, at the start? Yeah, he is only right. Um, well, and then right at the end, whenever they say, like, we've got you or something, I don't know. Yeah, 
kind of. I mean, you can you can just about hear it for all the static and stuff. Like, I, um, I just want to say, like, I think Sandra Bullock is one of those actresses that she's. I mean, I don't know, but I don't feel like she gets the credit that she's due for a lot of the roles that she plays because she's a, like she's very good at like this sort of stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen The Bland Side, but didn't she win an Oscar? For yeah, that, the prep that she had to do to get to be that lady was incredible. Even in the Oceans film, the the way she carries herself in that, I don't know. Um, I really like Sandra Bullock because she's. Yeah, Bird Box, yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, Bird Box, yeah, she's great. In, like, I don't know, like, and this film in particular, I mean, it's probably my, my favourite Sandra Bullock film that um, she's in. Well, and, the like, Speed. I mean, speed's good, but it's not as good as this. Speed is good, though. But I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a sucker. Different kind of Yeah, I'm a sucker that, for Speed. But she, like, the way that she, like, the way that she sort of, her, her, her body's, like, performance like that intimacy and like the way that she's scared and the way that she sort of shows that in, in just, I think you can hear it in her words because obviously as Johnny said, you don't really see her face, like her body a lot of the time. Um, the way that she sort of like the way she's speaking or even just like the breaths yeah. and stuff, yeah. it really feel, you you feel nervous. And like she, she obviously what's happening on the screen helps to that, but like you are really like carried by her, her physical. I guess like the way that the, the the voice is done it's designed yeah. that like she like it's in your ears because it's yeah, kind of yeah. the sound of like a very close microphone similar to i guess listening to this podcast like you're getting to hear all the intricacies of a voice rather than something a bit more mm. ambient it's like really just close and dry so you you can hear all the slight inflections and breaths and when i was researching this i read about how she spent um I don't know if it was six months or at least a few, quite a few months, just with the director going through the story and basically mapping out every, every, you know, going through exactly like beat by beat what what the whole film. You know, it probably happens for a lot of movies, whatever. But um, she based a whole performance was based on a, a breathing, at different stages of the film, and how how she be breathing and like. Sorry. Like she talked about it quite, talked about it quite a bit in some of the interviews I was watching and stuff. About she sort of centered everything on the on the on the breath and the breathing, and because it's a big part of it, I guess, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Because that, that's the only like because we haven't really talked about. So I want to talk about the spectacle and like the audio and stuff uh, as well next. But like that, they they had an interesting sort of uh, constrictions in this film is where they wanted to show it as real as possible. Yeah, I guess yeah, where yeah, they yeah. did. Obviously, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing in space to carry sound. So the only way that of you, you know, it's a lot of the sounds you're gonna hear are, are through vibrations through the suit. Um, and I was re- I was looking into how they did that, and they, they, they like went into like pools of water and took like a, took like a guitar, acoustic guitar, and like they had like a mic set up in the, in the guitar or whatever. And then they were like, bang, they would bang different things on the guitar to get different like percussion sounds through it and stuff. And that's sort of one of the ways that they, it was all done in, I think it was all sound designed was done in, uh, in the UK. But um, yeah, like the, the, it is, an, it is kind of an interesting soundscape when you're listening to it back because you've got these, obviously you've got the music as well. This helps, but you, it's, it's, can be completely silent in, in parts, and you see all, like all the destruction going on in the background, which looks insane. I was like really blown away of how that good that looked when the when the first 
Actually, no, it's the second. Is it second part? Yeah, there's, there's the second time. Uh, the 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 debris come around and she's trying to get into the she's trying to det- detach her little capsule from the, the main station, mm-hmm. and you see all the destruction going off in the background. It's, it's insane, and there's just no sound because like obviously sound doesn't travel. You just hear an occasional little bumps and stuff. And it's that was again really good at building up tension as well. I yeah, thought. yeah. And it's just I I think like as well like stylistically the intro to this movie is like. For signed nerds, anyway, is one of the best things. You know where they're talking, and it's like, like where they get lighter, and like Heather was like, "Is the audio right? Is it correct?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's correct. Like I can't remember." And then like the way that they do, like the most obvious one is like, you know, when she's like, she gets to Earth and she like is in the water, and it's like really muffly. Then she comes out of the water, and then she goes back yeah, in on the water, noise and, and then yeah. back in. And it's like that sort of like the way it releases sound again to the to the, yeah. the audience is like unreal. Like I just think sound in this film is some of the best sound in my. It gives opinion. you that that amazing like juxtaposition, or the amazing like the the opposite, completely opposites of like it sort of reiterates like how alone you are in mm-hmm. space. There's nothing mm-hmm. up there. Whereas when you're down in on Earth at the end. Like just everything's got sound. Everything's got you can hear all the birds and the little frog floating in front of the camera and everything. It's just like, it's just like almost like um, sense sensual overload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, just too yeah. much stuff going on. Um, and 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 the score is really good too. The score is really good. I think, like yeah. I, you know, the 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 most obvious one is the one where she sort of gets into the into the um thing for the first time and she takes all the gear off and she's in the fetal position and it's like the the way that just the film just like lets the score just go okay here's this thing and you just go great like that one track was on my sleep playlist f- like through <laughs> for years afterwards i think can i add just a so, like, slight caveat to the soundtrack so it's all like pretty cool and yeah like proper pumping and then you get to the very last song of the movie and then the vocals come in, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. it goes from being okay, yeah. this is okay, to being like, ah, it's a bit cheesy. That. Oh no, <laughs> I was super into it. I was like, are we? Is this it, when? The, is this when she's like going back to earth? Yeah, uh, no, yeah. It's yeah. when it's she's like standing it's up. The, it's the music that goes off into the credits. It re- reminded me lo- right. a lot of the Phantom Pain Metal Gear Solid soundtrack. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so. I was like trying to think. I was like, wow, did they remind me of it? Phantom yeah. Pain, so good, it, so good. It, I was into it. It right. It rides. The, the the crest of the wave as into cool and into cheesy and it it, it, it flops either side that yeah oh, I was I was in I it's was good, but I, I've listened to it was uh, Stephen Price who did the the soundtrack um, mm-hmm. and I've listened to a couple of other things that he's done uh, and yeah really good composer really good with strings so definitely check out his uh, portfolio uh, my favourite track of his that i found is one from the album called the hunt which he did for bbc documentary about predators uh and the track was i think it was uh uh blue whale so yeah check nice. that out i will i will check it out in terms of visual spectacle oh, yeah. um, we touched on the on the one on the one as before like the long takes to do and he's he's got you know track history of this he did he did an amazing uh, long take of the children of men that's probably like sort of like quite famous now I think mm-hmm. uh, as being one of the sort of 
sort of put it on the map. He does, he does, he does, he does them for quite a few of his films. But um, yeah, this one like there's some amazingly done shots in this film, and it I, as I was watching it, I was just like, this looks so realistic. But obviously, it can't be real because <laughs> it, I, I, I hadn't seen the, many of the hand scenes or for anything, so I didn't know how it was done. But I was like, it can't be real because it's it's too real to be real. Like, you can't have shot this. Um, like some of the visuals looked incredible. Like some of the explosions and the, the and like just I don't know. Like it's one of those films where every shot of it could be like a wallpaper background yeah, or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like it's like it's like it's like almost perfectly everything's perfectly done. Do you not think the um, earth just looked spectacular every time it yeah, came into view? Yeah. Like I was like, oh my goodness, it looks so. I think good. it it shares a lot of DNA with some of the animated films we've seen. So we've talked about in the past, like some of the Pixar stuff and things, because they they know what the film's going to be from the you know they they build they do the storyboards and then they sort of with this film they like basically re- did the whole film with like all the camera cuts and everything with like sort of a, a white box sort of low poly version of it that's not like fully you know visualized or whatever and then they sort of so so they know where they are and then they can sort of choreograph all the movement and stuff so they knew exactly what was going to happen and then they can build on it and make every shot perfect they have that they have that time because they can do it because they're doing it. it's all it's all cgi basically apart from the actors um so yeah, I mean, I, I was really impressed. I didn't, I didn't expect it to look this good for me. I just didn't expect it to look be, be this like beautiful. It holds up so well in yeah. terms of the visuals. Like, like yeah. you know, it's like it's old. You know, it's not too old, but it's like you know, it's almost like it's almost ten years. It's like what eight eight years old now? Yeah, and it was in development for four years. Gosh. So they were supposed to take a year to do it, and then basically the technology wasn't there, and they basically ended up waiting until Avatar came out, and then like that had proved the like the amount of like because there's a lot of sixty percent of Avatar is CGI, mm. and in this film it's something like eighty five percent. I looked up, um, so they were waiting on a lot of the technologies to catch up to be able to do it. Um, they just some little tidbits about the how the way they shot it and stuff. It was shot. Uh, if you've seen like the Mandalorian mm-hmm. or any of the behind the scenes stuff of the Mandalorian, they shoot in this thing called the Void. They call it, which is basically giant uh like t- basically giant seamless tvs all around the set that they can it means that they don't have to use like a green screen but it means that they can like they can uh as a shooting they're gonna get all the real-time lighting and stuff from the screens and it looks like perfect it looks oh, like it's nice. you know real life nice. uh with this film they did like a rudimentary version of that it was obviously it was like the, it was like the foreigner of what that technology is going to become so it was like basically imagine like you know the tv screens you see at like a, like a football match or whatever, where it's like really giant LED yeah. uh, screens. They basically had like a box that was built um, that they that there's a there's a space for the camera, and then there's like a fairly small box, like maybe I don't know, probably the size of my room right now, so maybe like three meters by three meters or something like that. And and it and then basically they can light it from any direction, they can shoot from any direction, and then they're just they've got Sandra Bullock hanging from from these wires in the middle of it and yeah. they're like manipulating the background to for it all to fit together and it's like it's like a technical master like masterpiece really it it won so in terms of oscars it won best achievement in cinematography best uh, directing best film editing uh best music for original score best sound editing best sound mixing best visual effects 
best motion picture of the year. Oh, sorry, it was nominated for best motion picture of the year and best performance. Um, but yeah, so like it really did take a lot, uh, most of the awards for all the visual stuff because it was really pushing the boundaries at the time. And I think you can you can tell it just really holds up well. So, did you like it? And you haven't. It was all right. Um, <laughs> because both Johnny and Should I put it in our list? knew that we would like knew that you you would like it. But um, yeah. Should we should we try and rank it? I guess. Yeah, we should try and rank it. Well, be- before we go into that, I have a, I have a, something to comment. So basically, oh, okay. I don't think Sandra Bullock went to space. So I also don't think she went so to space. So I I I think that um, Sandra Bullock uh, is a. Oh, this is your this like. Is, this, this is, is my this okay, is my right, sort of theory. Yeah, so I think San- Sandra Johnny's crazy Sandra, theory. Well, I don't think it's a crazy theory. Like I actually thought this like the whole way through watching the film. So Sandra Bullock. Oh, are you going to get your Tim Fall hat on? Sa- mate? Sandra, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock's a doctor, um, a medical doctor, and she basically it's like a suicide attempt. So she has tried to like drown herself, but uh, in, but in okay. but in drowning herself, she has this kind of blackout moment where she has this crazy space dream, and realizes the about her kid and about wanting to actually live life and not just kind of basically throw it away, and mm. she becomes reborn. Uh, through coming back out of the water, and mm. yeah, that's that's basically it. Because it, so she crashes a car into the water and then tries to kill herself. Well, kill potentially herself. something like that. I mean, the 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 mm. the things that kind of wouldn't make sense is the reason why she couldn't walk. Maybe she had taken some drugs or something <laughs> like that. I mean, of all the places to land, like. The Earth's covered. Was it like seventy-eight percent of water? And you land like on like right next to the coast, enough to be able to have a short swim back to to the coast. It just there's so many things in it which kind of seem slightly too far fetched, which makes me think that the story that we watch as a space film is actually something else. But I mean, like. Whether it's true or not, I'm not too bothered. But like when I watch it, it's open it to interpretation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to force it on any that's on anyone. Yeah. But yeah. I just feel like that is probably like for me, that's kind of how a lot of that's the how film, you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to take it as a straightforward space film, just well, yeah, it seems slightly far fetched. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing with the film. It, it, it there's a lot of you had to make a lot of leaps. Yeah, so exactly. That way. Like, yeah. like when 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 George Clooney came back, obviously I had no idea he was a he was like a, a dream or whatever. I was really I was quite annoyed and angry. I was like, what, what are they doing? Like, I did I I had a suspicion that they were gonna come. She's gonna try and rescue him, but I thought, nah, probably. And Mel was like, nah, I think he's dead. I think he's gone. <laughs> and then and then he turns up, and I was like, wait, you're opening the capsule. What is he doing? Like that's like so like unrealistic and then i realized shit, I went, oh right okay it's dream sequence okay okay, okay. Um, um can i can i read what um prakash said can you give it a one-star review 
So Prakash gave it a one-star review and he said, Great film, a visual treat indeed. One of the best best fiction and realist also. Well, that's, that's a nice uh, one-star review. No, no, no. See, again, it's open to interpretation, like Johnny was saying about the film. I think he's been sarcastic. It's just not coming across because he wrote it down. Uh, you see, he's like, great film, a visual treat. One of the best space fiction and realist also. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, let's rank it. I enjoyed it, so it's a good film. Go watch it if you haven't. Um... Right, so what's the what's the rankings? Okay, so currently the current rankings are number one, Moonlight. Yes. Number two, Blue Room. Yeah. Number three, Green Room. Yeah. Number four, Paprika. Yeah. Number five, Escape from Pretoria. Yeah. Number six, Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Colour Out of Space. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, and number eight, Pitch Black. Nice. I I so I've got this list up as then, and I don't know where to put this film. So I want you guys to I know exactly where to make put suggestions. It. I hadn't really thought about it much, so I'm, I'm so I'm kind of yeah. Go I'll on. tell you what. I think you can either go between Blue Ruin and Moonlight, or it can go between Green Room and Moon and um, Blue Ruin. I wouldn't be disappointed if it ended up there. I understand that Blue Ruin, to both of you, is a very... Like you, re- you both really really vibed off that film. I'm totally with you on that. Totally. Um, so I'm happy for that to be second. But if, you, if you're asking me if it's better than Green Room, it most certainly is better than Green Room. <laughs> Personally. <coughs> Johnny, how about you? I'm I'm tempted to put it forward for number one. Nah, it's not which is one. It, I think <sighs> they enjoy it more than Moonlight. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than Moonlight. They enjoy it more than Blue Ruin. I mean, it's a different film to Blue Ruin, and I've only just seen this last night, so it does have that newness kind of effect. Mm. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Does that newness? But it? I feel like there's. I mean, it, visually, it's just like beautiful, like really nice. This, I think, I think it's, I think it's quite easy to say this is probably. I think this is the best looking film on the list. I would say. Yeah, that, I, think I think so. It, yeah, think like it's... there's been so much effort and money mm. <laughs> being ploughed into making the film yeah. look really good, and like it, it did feel to me like a lot of times just like, gosh, they they are actually in space. Gosh, the. How would that, yeah. What sort of budget have they had to film this? Because it, it it felt that <laughs> real at times. Well, I was trying to figure out if it did because I know with like the Apollo thirteen, I think it was. Mm. I think it was that one. They like did the whole thing where you know they, they fly up in the air and then they drop down and they have like six minutes to shoot like them floating around or whatever, and then they pull the pull the flight back up again. And that's how they did a lot of the sort of like you know no gravity shots and that. But I knew that they didn't do that. Anyway, so like it's yeah, it is impressive. Like it looks so realistic. They even put a little a little in joke in there. At one point, the camera goes close to the one of the spacesuits helmets, and you can see the reflection of the of the cameraman in in the in the visor. No, no. But it's obviously like it's like a little. Obviously, there's no cameraman in space. It was all CGI. Yeah. And where would you put it? Okay. So. I think this is yeah probably the 
the, the beat was like it's probably the best looking film on the list I'd say I watched this on the projector as well which really helped it like it just looked incredible I was blown away with how it looked but I think it falls down on the story yeah that's, that's, and some of the some of the dialogue yeah, I think that's what I would say I think it I think it annoys me because it's like it could have been like almost a perfect film yeah. if they would have just fixed some of the story like some of the stuff that happens it's like so it doesn't make any sense some of the dialogue is bad and it's just like some small tweaks and they could, I feel like they could have had a better like a, a much better film so I was thinking between Blue Ruin and Green Room that's where I was thinking um, potentially Blue Ruin and Moonlight as well I think but I think it just I think it's a story that like, 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 lose it for me yeah that's like I think because I was trying to think of this last night like I think visually and sound wise gravity is 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 like a sound in but i think again i just like for me with moonlight i just i can't get over the three different actors over three different parts of the film and it feels like the same person throughout each bit and that kind of like storytelling and that ability um and don't don't get me wrong. Like Moonlight is is a beautiful looking film at times. Like in terms of like lighting and like setting and stuff, it just you can't compete with with the gravity really. Um, but that I'm trying to jog my memory about what happens in Blue Ruin because <laughs> it's been a while since this is the Blue first Ruin watched, is vengeance. It, I think. Start from yeah. from start to the end. Um, yeah. Oh right, no, I remember now. I was just trying to remember what happened at the end of it. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But is, I I want to say that I want to say this goes into number three. Between Green Room and Blue Ruin, I'm I think that would be a good spot for it. Honestly, happy with the second place, and I'm honestly happy with the third place for it. I honestly wouldn't be bothered as long as it's in the top three. Doesn't matter to me. Johnny, where do you think? Uh, he says number one. I, I said Johnny. number one, so I guess with your two, that probably brings it down to number two. Do you? I think we meet in the middle. I, c- I can go with number two, I suppose. Yeah. I can meet in the middle. Yeah, number two. Yeah. I think like if you yeah. if you're just right, if you just sit me down and say right. Um, the Movie Quest podcast recommends three films for this season. I would ha- quite happily say you could go watch Moonlight, Gravity, and Blue Ruin, and walk away. You know, buzzing. Yeah, that's a good yeah. top three. I think personally. Yeah, I think we go with that then. Personally, I think I think it falls a little flat, but. I think just the spectacle and the sort of the size of the story it's telling it, it is like it is impressive. Um, this is probably the yeah. most expensive okay. film on the list, I think, of the of the ones that we've <laughs> really. Any yeah, I'd say so. If you look at them, most of these are sort of indie films. Yeah, yeah. It's pr- it prob- probably films. all the films combined has a similar budget <laughs> to. to yeah. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. The podcast is coming to an end. I do, I realize that. I do realize that. But um, I have to say, as dark as this season, it's been the darkest season of um, the Movie Quest podcast yet. But it's definitely been one of my favorites. Absolutely, wholeheartedly, it's been one of my favorite. Um, it's been a good set of films. It's been to watch. a good set of films. Even, even when they're like not great films, like Pitch Black, um, you know, it's still quite a fun watch yeah, and absolutely. fun to discuss. So absolutely, I think, I think this um, has been. It's been up there. I think Water Season has been my favorite so far, but um, <laughs> this this is a close, yeah. this is a close one. Yeah, I think we're gonna have another chat about how we go on 
from this season, whether or not we do this again, I think we probably might look to do this again, but we might just make some tweaks. I mean, I do, I do have a, I mean, we don't have to announce it here, but I definitely have a, a, a theme, a word. Ooh. If, if, if we want to, we don't have to announce it here. I mean, we're going to go straight into it again, are we? I guess. And? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I'm happy to do that. Keep up the um, recording. Yeah, yeah. So do we, do we want the word? Yeah, so this is next season. This is a whole new list. New, whole new list. To scratch. Um, so the word is serotonin. Serotonin. Do you know what serotonin is? No, tell me. It's the thing in your blood. Uh, it's a it's a, a hormone that's released whenever someone says something oh, nice to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's yeah. Sorry. Uh, so if someone says like "I love you," um, that is sort of released. Um, and my hope, I mean, it doesn't have to be because you guys can run riot, but my hope. Is that we'll choose some light-hearted films about nice things where people say nice stuff to each other and everyone's happy, rather than like murder and Nazis and whatever <laughs> else. So I mean, it's it's up for debate, but um, yeah, if we if we can, serotonin is the word. Okay, interesting. So the next word is the serotonin, serotonin series. Yeah, the theme, the theme, guys. It's so, the sorry. theme. Remember, rolls off the, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, rolls off the tongue. Nice, yeah. Right, I'm going to end this podcast because we're getting, yeah, it's late. getting on. It's late. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, I have really enjoyed the season. It's been a good one. Thanks to my hosts, Aaron and Johnny. Appreciate yeah, anytime. Well done. And uh, and just to say thank you to the, our winners, Moonlight at number one, Gravity number two and Blue Ruin number three, and all the way down at the bottom, Pitch Black in number nine, which is, I think, is, is personally, I think, you know, it should have been number eight and the color of Outer Space would be nine, but hey ho, that, that, that was, that's where we ended up. But um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us a, an email at podcast at themovecast.com and you can tell us uh, that we're wrong, uh, or you can uh, message us on Instagram at themoviequest. Yeah, thanks for listening and look forward to the next season, which is uh, Serotonin. Serotonin. Great stuff. See you later, guys. See you later. Cheerio. Bye bye.